Hey everyone, welcome to Be The Change. My name is Lily Maud, and today I'm going to be talking about how change comes when you make it your turn. In spirit of next week's election, I'm going to be featuring the organization Supermajority. Supermajority is a membership-based organization focused on building women's power through advocacy, community building, and electoral participation. They're working to build an intergenerational and multiracial movement for women's equity, starting with this election. I talked with my guest, Emma Reddick, about how she got involved with Supermajority. Yeah, it's a great question. So getting to Supermajority has been a journey, and I think a few college students or college graduates may be able to relate to this a little bit, but after college, I bounced between careers. So I dabbled in teaching. I left the Peace Corps early. This is all to say that I just could not find a career that I felt combined my passions, my degree, and my innate feeling that I wanted to help change this country. And as a biracial Black woman, I recognize that I face a lot of marginalization that my friends, my family, uh, those around me may never understand, but I also recognize that I have a lot of privilege and I wanted to find a career that would incorporate working as hard as I could to make this country a place for women who look like me and people who look like me, my Black, Latinx, AAPI, immigrant, trans, non-binary, differently abled, LGBTQIAP plus sisters could live free of oppression and marginalization. So I found Supermajority on LinkedIn and I turned to my mom and I said, I have to work here and I applied and I've been here ever since. So, after hearing that high praise for Supermajority, I asked Emma to explain more about the mission of the organization, and this is what she told me. Absolutely. So Supermajority and Supermajority Education Fund were founded to harness the power of women of all races, backgrounds, and ages to meet the challenges and energy of this moment. So it was founded by a group of amazing women, including Cecile Richards, Ai-jen Poo, and Alicia Garza. And when Supermajority first launched, our team went across the country on a bus tour in a pink and orange bus to meet women exactly where they were and hear from them about the issues that they specifically care about. And time and time again, our co-founders would hear from women that they wanted to do more. They were fired up and they were ready to start making a difference in their communities. So at Supermajority, we're doing our part to ensure that women have the information, the resources, and the community they need to participate in this upcoming election. So we're giving our members all of the information and the training so that this fall we can run the largest woman-to-woman voter engagement program that we possibly can. And in simpler terms, this is just women talking directly to other women about voting. Uh, Supermajority is a community of nearly 1 million people now, which is so exciting. And we set the goal to train and activate this community to send 4.5 million text messages to voters, to make at least 250,000 phone calls to voters, to write 50,000 letters to voters, and to utilize the powerful tactic of relational organizing, which is simply speaking to people that you know about voting. So the campaign focused on educating and mobilizing 2 million women, particularly, as I mentioned, young women and women of color in target states to vote in November. 
So at Supermajority, we harnessed all of our power and decided that our target states were Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Arizona. But we also branched out and did some of this work into other states like Texas and Georgia, North Carolina, and Colorado. The last thing I want to share, and I'm really excited to share, is that we've actually hit two of these goals already ahead of November 3rd. So we've sent over 6 million text messages to voters in key states, and we've written over 50,000 letters to voters in key states. So now we're using the next week and a half to phone voters. And this is exciting because while while we originally set these goals for women and women of color to have their voices heard in November, in many ways this election has already begun. So it's felt really powerful to have our community of volunteers already doing this work for, to support women voters. I also asked Emma to tell me more about their name, and she explained how female voters are the supermajority in this country. Absolutely. So women are the majority of Americans. We are also the majority of volunteers and donors and voters. And before the pandemic, we were the majority of the workforce and the labor force in this country. So we are a supermajority and this country must prioritize the issues impacting us as the supermajority. So when the issues impacting us are not taken seriously, we must make them heard, which brought us to this organization. After hearing this from Emma about how women in particular have to advocate for their interests, I asked her what is the best way for women to represent their own interests and take action to make sure our politicians are recognizing us. This was her advice for women to get more engaged. So as you mentioned, first and foremost, I'm going to put it out there one more, one more time, vote, vote, vote. And another way that you can support this is making a plan to vote, because the most important thing that folks should keep in mind is creating a plan to vote actually increases voter turnout by astronomical levels. And at Supermajority, we have this rule called putting on our own oxygen mask first. And that means creating a plan to vote early and vote safely. And once you have successfully done that, help your friends and families do the same. The issues impacting us cannot be resolved without our representation. And in order to ensure that our interests are represented, we must make sure that our voices are being heard. And that really starts at the polls. And to sort of further address your question, talking to other people you know or you're close to or that are in your network about voting is another great way to continue to make sure that politicians are recognizing us and hearing what we need as the supermajority in America. So going back to what Emma said, vote, 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 like your life depends on it. This election is so important and supermajority is doing its part to make sure that everyone's voice is heard. I asked Emma, how has the Trump administration treated women's issues in America? And what could another Trump term mean for American women? Lots comes to mind, right? But uh, simply put, another Trump term would be disastrous for women in this country. His first term has already been so incredibly harmful to women, especially women of color. For example, the way he speaks about women gives really a preview of his behavior with women, let alone his policy priorities regarding women. Women being impacted the most by COVID and the administration's slow and inadequate response is putting women and their families in danger, direct danger. This virus has brought into the spotlight the systemic inequity that women face in this country, especially when it comes to things like equal pay, quality health care, and access to childcare. So I want to share just a few stats with you. Because of this pandemic, the United States is facing its first female recession, retracting decades of progress for women in this country that we all know that we have watched, we've had our family, we've had the people around us fighting for for decades. 
For example, one in four women, so 25% of women, excuse me, is considering leaving the workforce or downshifting their careers because of the pandemic. Working moms are reporting an additional 20 hours of responsibilities at home due to childcare, conjoining their traditional 40-hour work weeks. On top of that, 60% of households with children across this country have lost jobs, businesses, or have had their wages cut during the pandemic. In the recent Labor Department jobs report, we discovered that 865,000 women left the workforce in September compared to the 216,000 men. So although 661,000 jobs were added back, women still left at alarming rates. And out of the women who dropped out of the workforce last month, 324,000 were Latinas and 58,000 were Black women. So Black women and Latinas saw their unemployment rise over 10%, while white men and women had theirs decrease to 6.5 and 6.9% respectively. So for white men and women, about 60% of all the jobs lost have returned. So at least a decade of women's progress in the labor force has been wiped out entirely by this pandemic recession, and we see it affecting women who look like us, women of color. Uh, which is why we have to keep building this community at Supermajority. As our co-founder, one of our co-founders, Cecile Richards, said just last night, for women in this election, everything is on the line. And this is about how we turn our rage into fuel that's going to power us through Election Day and beyond. Amy Coney Barrett was sworn in as an Associate Justice of the Supreme Court of the United States on Monday, October 26th, which was just a few days after I recorded this interview. I asked Emma, what could Amy Coney Barrett's Supreme Court nomination mean for American women? And her answer is unfortunate to hear now that it's happened. Absolutely. What we know for sure is that Judge Amy Coney Barrett is someone who will support removing critical health care support in the middle of a pandemic. And I don't want to harp too much on the, the tragedy of COVID-19 because I know this is potentially really impactful for individuals, but just recognizing that we've passed the grim threshold of 8 million people infected in America and over 210,000 dead. So her nomination also means that those of us who believe in protecting, for example, women's reproductive freedom, the importance of quality affordable health care, and the protection of LGBTQ rights and voting rights must vote between now and November 3rd like our lives depend on it. Uh, we talk a lot at Supermajority as well that uh, voting is so important because there are other ways in which we can take back our power if there are other detrimental movements happening like the nomination of Judge Amy Coney Barrett. While many people feel disheartened by the government, it's important to vote in order to see a change. After Trump was elected in 2016, many Americans came out to vote in 2018, which resulted in a blue wave around the country. I asked Emma, did this past midterm election shift the amount of influence women have on American politics? And this was her answer. Uh, so what I want to start with by saying is women have been the prior, uh, the majority of voters in every national election since 1964. So I always like to remember that because I know that it can feel sometimes that we're screaming into the wind, but women have been doing this work and mobilizing for decades. In 2018, women helped elect a Congress with a record-breaking 127 women voters, which I think shows we are obviously not taking our foot off the gas anywhere. Um, in 2020, 583 women 
women were candidates for the U.S. House, uh, which is around a 22.5% increase from the record set in 2018. We also saw a record number of Black and Latina women running for Congress this year with 130 Black women and 75 Latina women running for congressional seats. And these numbers have actually been steadily increasing since 2012. And I want to throw in there as well that women are not only voting in record numbers, they are also donating in record numbers. So women donated $100 million more to campaigns and causes in 2018 than they did in 2016. And additionally, women make up 43% of donors who've made large dollar contributions or those over $200 this cycle. So that's actually up 38% in 2018 and 37% in 2016. And that's according to the Center for uh, Responsive Politics. In the 1990s, 90s, the share never passed 28%. So to answer your question, we're absolutely seeing so much more happening. And all of this is to say that women continue to be decisive voters and supporters in every election. And it is time that the issues that they and we care about are prioritized by our elected officials. We've been showing up, we've been doing the work, we've been increasing. So to answer your question, I would say that there was definitely a shift, but I would also say that we've been doing this work for for a while now and uh, clearly are not letting up. We're going to continue doing it. The midterm elections resulted in the election of Representatives Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Ilan Omar, Ayanna Presley, and Rashida Tlaib, who are widely known as the Squad. They are all strong women who have inspired other women across the country to take action and become more engaged. I asked Emma, how has the emergence of the Squad affected our political climate? So the squad, as we know, is mainly composed of women of color, which we love to see. And I say we, I think I mean us at Supermajority, us collectively as a group of people in this country. They're bringing new perspectives to Congress that is more representative of this country. We need a government that looks like us. And each member of the squad represents sort of a portion of this country. And that is valuable. Uh, having more women in Congress will ensure that the issues impacting us, especially women of color, are the most prioritized. Um, I think Representative Ayanna Presley said it best, that people closest to the pain should be closest to the power. And I think that the squad absolutely leads with that. And to, personally, for me, inspires that sort of daily at Supermajority and my own life. There are more women running for and being elected to office these past couple of years, and it's an exciting progression towards women's equity in American politics. I asked Emma, as someone who works to get women more engaged, what is one piece of advice you'd want to share with young women who are interested in politics? Start right now start exactly where you are. So it does not matter if you're a political science major or maybe you're not in college. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're just starting out. I think what we're seeing, and it's a bummer that it's had to be put in front of us this way, but that there's so much work to be done. And I truly believe that all it takes is those of us who are passionate about it, who wake up every day with this internal conviction that we should be fighting for change to keep digging, to keep pushing, to keep learning, and to keep challenging those in power. And for some of us, I recognize this may look like marching. For some of us, it's phone banking. For all of us, it can be voting. But nonetheless, lean into it. If you're looking for somewhere to start, there are so many networks out there of people and organizations, supermajority included, that are ready to do this work with you. 
Uh, at Supermajority, we talk a lot about the fact that no one ever tells women or women of color that it's our turn. We literally have to make it our turn. And so my advice would be make it your turn. No matter where you are in your activist journey, right now it, it is your turn. So start right now, whether that's researching, writing a blog, journaling, talking with friends, connecting to networks of people doing this work. I truly believe there's not a wrong place to start. It really just matters that you do. Now, along the same lines, I was excited to ask Emma my favorite question. What advice do you most want to share with young people who want to make a change in this country? And this was her answer. Okay, bear with me, because I have a quick story to share, but I'll keep it short. <laughs> a man is walking down the beach and sees the entire shore littered with starfish, hundreds of thousands of washed up starfish, and a young woman is walking up to each starfish and putting them back into the water. The man walks up to her and says, what are you doing? Do you see all of these starfish? You'll never be able to throw them all back into the ocean and make a difference. And the young woman pauses, reaches down, picks up another starfish and walks it out to the water. When she returns, she says to the man, well, it sure made a difference to that one. So my advice is that your activism or advocacy doesn't need to be Instagrammable or a hashtag. Your activism doesn't need to be like anyone else's. And I think we get caught up in doing something that feels grandiose to feel like we're making a difference. At Supermajority, we tell voters that even, or I'm sorry, we tell volunteers that even talking to one friend about voting is impactful and makes a difference in this country and the direction of this country. One of our Supermajority co-founders, Alicia Garza, who also co-founded the Black Lives Matter movement, always says, hashtags don't start movements, people do. So I really feel that getting out there and doing the work is how we've always created change. And, you know, I don't, I don't think this is to say that social media can't be a force for change, but more to say that we need change makers marching in the streets, at the polls or voting by mail, having the tough conversations. So that would be sort of, that would be my advice. I loved Emma's starfish story because I agree completely with the idea that every little bit counts. Right now, the most important thing you can do is vote. While it may seem insignificant, like picking up a single starfish, it's definitely not. Because your decision to vote or not could have huge consequences for better or for worse. So many people can do little things like voting and engaging in important conversations, but you have to take the time to do it because change comes when you make it your turn. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and you can follow Supermajority on Instagram and Twitter at Supermajority and on Facebook at The Supermajority. Their website is linked in the description of this podcast to learn more. If you want to talk about anything I mentioned, please reach out to me by email at lily at bethechangepodcast.org or on Instagram at bethechangepodcast. Tune in for my next episode, but until then, be the change you wish to see in the world. Bye, guys.